This is Tamarindo Podcast. I'm Brenda Gonzalez. And I'm Ana Sheila Victorino. This is the Latinx podcast where we discuss politics, pop culture, and how to balance it all con calma. Welcome to the show. On this episode of Tamarindo, we talk a little bit about Latinx representation in media. We give you some examples that we want to celebrate and some things that make us cringe. We're also going to tell you a little bit about what we did with our moms since we just all got back from Mother's Day. And uh, we have some fun basuras and matracas at the end of the show. Hey, Anna Shayla, good to have you back here on the studio. How are hey, you? Hey, Brenda, I'm doing well. So um, what have you been up to since we last recorded? I know we, we promised that we would do some fun things with our moms. Did you get a chance to do that? I did. So I actually just came back from the beautiful and exciting Midwest. Woohoo! Ooh. Shout out to the Midwest. So my brother actually got his PhD from Indiana University wow. in biology. I can't tell you what he did it on because I can't I can't say all the words that are in, it? The, <laughs> in the thesis. <laughs> but um, so we went out there and then we actually did a road trip to Chicago, which is where we moved to from Mexico when I was a little girl. Oh, so it was I very nostalgic and beautiful. And we actually... Did you have good weather for once? <laughs> you know, good weather for Chicago. Okay. Yes. Yes. yes <laughs> so, yes. It, it, you know, no snow... A little bit of rain, but it wasn't too cold. So that's all you can ask for in, in yeah, Chicago, there you that go. it's not that's, too cold or too hot. It's a great day but, in Chicago. <laughs> yeah, so basically we're able to both celebrate my brother and celebrate Mother's Day together. And so while we were there, I took my mom out to the gym while we were in the hotel that we were staying Excellent. at. And then, so that was, and, you know, we, we walked around everywhere. So we spent a lot of quality time together. And then I also am treating her to a spa day at Glen Ivy, oh which I know God. you went to recently, right? <laughs> I owe my mom one of those for sure. So what I did is actually my mom did stuff for me per usual. I threw. I know, right? I, that happened for me too. It's just like they just can't help it. They right? can't help it. So I threw my dog Frida of a, a, a fifth birthday party, and my mom made little That's globals so to decorate it. But and back to the healthy thing. Um, I did have my parents come visit me while I was, you know, occasionally I do work for Todo Verde, which is amazing Mexican vegan food that we plug here all the time. And mm-hmm. they don't pay for this ad. It's just that we love it. I know, right? This is like the fourth time we've mentioned <laughs> yes, them or yes, something. Yes, they're fantastic. So anyways, but I had my parents eat vegan mole and tacos and they absolutely loved it so hopefully we'll plan a meal all around yes you were such a good cook i actually had some of her vegan mole today was that the same one that that you made oh well no the one i had my parents had was todo verde so the legit one and then the one you just had on a was me like copying it (laughs) (laughs) where i use i use they should hire you like for real for real (laughs) oh good i'm glad you liked it but i use like mole mix i use a plant-based veggie broth and then i use mushrooms for the meat which Mm. and which i only knew how to do that because of Todo Verde. All right. Well, um, going on with the show, Ana Sheila, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about what we're going to be talking about today? We asked Dr. Ana Cristina Ramon, co-author of the UCLA Hollywood Diversity Report and Director of Research and Civic Engagement for UCLA Social Sciences, what letter grade she would give Hollywood on the representation of Latinx characters and stories. And surprise, surprise, Hollywood flunked out. Dang. <laughs> so she said she would give him a D plus. Or is that passing? No, right? I don't, it's failing. I it's asked failing, the teacher. Right? I consulted a teacher on that grade. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. So out of the top eight roles in film and TV, five to seven percent are portrayed by Latinx characters. 
When 18% of the population is Latinx, this significant underrepresentation is inexcusable. So not only do is it just 5 to 7%, but I think that most of those roles are secondary roles as opposed to main roles, right? That's right. So she's saying out of the top eight roles, so like the, the, the top leading characters in a film... Less than set, like you know, less than ten percent, seven percent, five to seven percent are only going are going to Latinx characters. So mostly Latinos are not the starring role, right? We're we're not surprised by that. So why does this matter to us here on Tamarindo? So as a podcast rooted in creating awareness on issues that impact our community, I can tell you that the media is a big part to blame to why our community is vilified by the Trump administration and conservatives. But don't take my word for it. This is why, again, we consulted an expert. So Dr. Ana Cristina goes on to share that research shows that TV acts as a dominant socializing agent. What you see on screen becomes part of your memory and part of your life experiences. She goes on to say that if Latinx people are only seen as one-dimensional criminals or maids or dehumanized, other groups will come to accept that all or most Latinx are just stereotypes and not worthy of equal consideration. And this extends to laws and policies that affect Latinx people or exclude Latinx people. So the consequences of this type of representation can be extensive in negatively affecting the lives of our community. Yeah, and Dr. Ana Cristina also points out that, you know, even though Latinx people are the largest ethnic minority group in the U.S., it's really not reflected in how we're treated politically and socially. This is why on today's episode, we're going to delve into some of our favorite Latinx characters and stories and maybe throw in a few critiques on what we'd like to see more of. So to kick us off, Ana Sheila, why don't you start by telling me one of your favorite Latinx stories or, or a way that, or it doesn't have to be your favorite, could just be a, a story or characters or show that connected to you, with you, that made an impact. What's an example that you have? Yeah, so I actually want to talk about novelas. Ooh, novelas. Because I think that, you know, regardless of how we feel about them, and I think that we can all, you know, say that novelas are often overly dramatized and sometimes present some also one-dimensional representations of, of characters. I think that we all grew up with them, and a lot of them made strong impacts on... on Most definitely. There's right. quite a lot of different stories. So which one made an so impact on me, you? So for me, it was Soñadoras. So... Oh. Soñadoras it was it was about four girls that were in high school in, in Mexico, mostly from a rich neighborhood. Which I feel like in novelas, it's always you're either like really rich or really poor, right? right? So of course, <laughs> so they were you know these rich teenagers. But what why it stood out with me? First of all, it was like the first novela I was allowed to watch. Oh, were you like? You had so to I was be like, a, I think I was like in middle school or something like that. And my mom just did not let me watch novelas for a really long time. <laughs> well, but, they do have some racy scenes, right? So right I guess right. I get it. I yeah, guess I get yeah, it. Yeah. But what I liked about that show is that it was the first time that it talked about topics that I, you know, I was entering an age that, it, you know, I needed to know about those topics. So, you know, um, about uh, pregnancy or eating disorders or drug addiction. So a lot of topics that, you know, that you start to explore when you're in high school. So it's like educational, informative. Yeah, exactly. So it was it was basically teaching me about these things in, in a way that I really wasn't getting in, in, in any other format, because it's not something that I felt comfortable speaking about with my family. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and, so and it was like, and like we were just me and my it's like I felt like me and my friends were all obsessed with the show and we would talk about it like the next day at school like oh did you see what happened on Soñadora? So it's <laughs> so it's a show that you know like definitely has the issues that a lot of novelas have and soap operas in in like I shared, but it's still something that it just carried with me. And who know? like because uh, I didn't watch that one. So who were like the main the main actors? Oh yeah, so you might have heard it? of Araceli Arambula. I kind Did of you, remember the name, but I can't and say. And then um, Eduardo Verastegui. 
Oh my gosh, these names are no, so. No, or how about Angelica Vale? Yes. No, okay, Angelica Vale. Angelica Vale was the was one of the characters. Oh, and she okay, had an eating okay. disorder on the show, so yes, you kind of okay. got to learn about what that was what that was like. Well, those are some really heavy topics. It's yeah. not your traditional novella of just like the the cheating and the lovers and the that. It sounds like it dealt with like some thoughtful topics. Yeah, and and actually one of the shows that I watched recently, um, it's called Islos High. Oh, Islos High. Yeah. Tell us about this show. Yeah, so it it centered around teens. So now it's kind of moving from Soñadoras, which was Mexican based. You know, this is Latinx kids here in the U.S. based in Boyle Heights, and they were it was an all Latino cast. So I thought that was really cool because I don't think that. I had really seen a show like that before I saw Islos High. So that was, and it was, and to be based in, in, in Bull Heights, I thought was also very, very special. So it kind of dealt with like similar themes at Soñadoras, but much more modernized and, and, you know, focused on Latinos in, in the U.S. So pregnancy, immigration issues, domestic abuse. And, and what I thought was really cool is that, you know, so it was targeted for teenagers. So I definitely felt like, you know, I was like, because all of them were part of this dance crew. Like that was part of it. And so they were, they were constantly like dance, you know, dance offs and, you know, to keep the teens, to keep the teens engaged. Oh, so there was like actual like dance numbers. Like... Yeah. So they were all oh, really, so they were cool. all really good dancers. <laughs> and like, it was basically like a novella. So once I watched the first episode, I was like f- fully hooked, but I really appreciated how they were touching on all these topics. And then when I read up on the show, I actually read that the screenwriters partnered with, um, um, health workers and and social scientists to uh, try to teach Latinos how to make healthy decisions, but really weaving it into the storyline so it felt very natural. Awesome. So it didn't seem it didn't seem like let me beat you over the head with this like yeah exactly like this like the more you know type of show like in terms of like a healthy. Or, or a tip or a lesson. It, it does it in a natural way. Right. And I was reading, I think it's called, I, I, I'll have to look up the, the term, but basically when you learn about things in that type of way, when you're connected to the characters, it's actually the best way to absorb that information. See, so I thought I think, that, that was really well, cool. Um, we'll have to look up exactly what that means and put it in the show, show notes. But I, I think what you're saying kind of reinforces what, what Dr. Ana Cristina says, is that these stories and these characters and these narratives, they're so powerful. So we have to be celebrating whenever we do see some accurate stories of who we are, some positive interpretations of who we are, because when they're not positive or when they're not accurate or where you're only seeing one certain story, it's it, it, it becomes fact in the mind of the American public. Mm-hmm. It becomes the narratives and stories that we tell ourselves. Yes. So very important stuff. Yes. So how about you, Brenda? What's share with me something that made an impact growing up? Well, in preparation for today's <laughs> show, I um, I was toggling my brain and thinking about Latinx stories that I have um, really enjoyed. And actually, before we do that, though, I think uh, I think it's a good time to pause for a little. A little bit of information that we want to share with our guest before I dive into my story that I want to share. So speaking of Latinx stories, we want to let you know that the Trailblazing Stars original series Vida is back this Memorial Day weekend for its second season. Vida Vida is a show for the Latinx community and we know you'll love it. This series does not hold back in its authentic storytelling. And starting today, you can binge on all 10 episodes on the Stars app and Stars on Demand. That's right. All 10 are dropping at once. This critically acclaimed... I know, I know. That means binge, binge, binge. This critically acclaimed series follows Lynn and Emma Hernandez as they navigate rebuilding their mother's bar, contemplate their relationships in their lives, and start operating on chingona level. Yeah. They are forced to discover what their mother's legacy means to them as they face growing challenges in their East LA neighborhood. Catch up on all past episodes on the Stars app. That's right. Get it right on your phone. I'm, I'm really excited. I do love this new way of watching TV, which is binging. 
they drop it all at once. You don't have to wait for the very next episode. So I think that's going to be really, really exciting. Yes. And um, I'm extra excited about the Vida show because an actor that I really like, Raul Castillo, who's been a guest of Tamarindo, I saw is going to be one of the characters. Yes. And shout out to, I actually have a, a friend that's a writer for the show. Shout out to Jennifer Castillo. Yes, actually, I think she might have sent us a little message a little yes. bit about the show. Why don't we... Um, we should play that. We'll hear a little bit of from her. So you asked me what it's like to be on Vida. And I have to say, you know, being on Vida has honestly been a dream. Having it be the first show that I officially staff on is something that I'm super proud of. I remember, like, I remember when I read the pilot the first time, I got this like sense of familiarity, right? Because it spoke about a world and a culture that I knew so well. But I remember also thinking like, wow, there's nothing like this on TV. Like what are the chances <laughs> this gets made? And, and just to frame this a little bit, this was when I was still an assistant and I had just written at the time a pilot that was like all Spanish dialogue. Porque me inspire, because basically at that point I was like, what are the chances we can sell this? Because even though it was like guided towards like an American and Latinx audience, I was frustrated because, you know, I was being told that there was no market for it. And, you know, to be completely honest, I think at the time there really wasn't. Like we had Narcos, which had Spanish dialogue, but, you know, my story was super aspirational. It had nothing to do with criminal drug lords. <laughs> so anyway, seeing Vida get made with all its Spanglish and with its super specific cultural references it was just super inspiration for, you know, an up and coming writer like myself. And then having the chance to actually be on it has just, I've just been so lucky. I think the challenge now is obviously, you know, to keep it on the air, to to make sure that we continue to create even more shows like it too. Um, you know, and I think we can do it. We can do shows that are universal so that everyone can relate to it. For example, Vida is like a show really about family. Like how more universal can we get? Um but it's also really, really culturally specific. And I think that helps us be able to tell a story that's authentic, that really speaks to our experiences as Latinx people. So I think the key really in terms of like, because you asked me like what, you know, what's, what's, what's coming for Latinx audiences, for Latinx shows, like what's next? I think, I think that we can make more shows. I think the key is really to try to convince those gatekeepers that we are here, you know, que no nos vamos, and that we are craving more and more content. Um, so anyway, I urge everyone, obviously, to then please watch because of that, you know, so that we can get more. Um, just download the app. I think it's like $5 for three months, and it's totally worth it. Yeah, so thank you so much, Jennifer, for sharing and for doing the work that you're doing. It is so incredibly important. Yes, yes, we love it. We love Latinos in the front, Latinos in the back, Latinos writing Everywhere. all about it. So I'm going to take you all back to um, travel your memory back to memory lanes. Kind of, you know, you talked a little bit about an example of your formative years, mm -hmm. like Isos High and Soñadoras, Sonia which are high school students. Mm -hmm. So I went to high school in the 2000s. <laughs> and at that time, by the way, a peak movie watching for teenage movies like Cruel Intention like a bunch there's such, such great movie. movies but one that I remember that stood out to me and that I wanted to revisit in preparation for today's show was the movie Crazy Beautiful it's directed by this man named John Stockwell it stars Kristen Dunst who plays this troubled rich white lady <laughs> and Carlos Nunez uh, who, who played by Jay Hernandez who is this this 
experience that I know many people can relate to, especially like I and I happen to know this because you know producer Jeff was a teacher in LAUSD in the West Side, so he he had students that were very much like like Jay Hernandez's character. Students that would wake up in the east side of LA, get up mm. at freaking 4.30 in the morning, catch the bus, go yeah. clear across the freaking city, all the way, in, in this case, Pacific Palisades, to go to wow. a good a good mm-hmm. high school. Right. So Jay, Jay Hernandez is a, a brown face. You know, he's in a very obviously Latino character, Mexican character, uh, Mexican-American character. Um, and and I love like the flip on this, that he's the model person mm-hmm. in this story mm. and she's like the and Kristen the, the Dunst she's the <laughs> she's battling so her name is Nicole she's uh battling addiction she's probably battling depression although mm. they don't like talk about it super explicitly her mother committed suicide her dad is a congressperson and really into his new wife and baby and so she feels really lost, tormented yeah. lost and she it, you know you kind of get really annoyed with her because she's derailing this this man's dreams right. you know, he's working he so hard man, for this, him, yeah. this young man's dreams working so hard but why i really really love this story first of all because it flips that that's that narrative and it, i think it's a, a beautiful showing and depiction of a very true la experience of of the sacrifice that a lot of these um young kids make and, and do to go to the right school right because yeah. their local school is not a quality school so that is a very relatable experience and then second the other thing that i'm very aware of when i watch latinx representation is how people do accents so- hey it's kaylee cuoco for priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the priceline app right now and save up to 60 on hotels So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So mm-hmm. because it has to be believable. So in this case, his mom speaks perfect Spanish, obviously, talks to him in Spanish, and he responds in English. And that is an also yeah, very, very relatable, very yeah. relatable, very <laughs> accurate yeah. um, portrayal. And, you know, uh, this is, you know, we, we said we talked about critiquing a couple of things. So another one, one story that that you all might remember, it was called Fools Rush In with Sama Hayek. And yes. I remember Sama Hayek. I forgot about that movie. And, uh, I'm, uh, Sama Hayek is a, uh, uh, we love her, of course, and she has a she has a thick accent. And then her mom, the person that plays her mom, did not have an accent as thick as hers. And that shit pisses me off. Like, do your fucking homework. If it's the mom, her accent's gonna Needs be to thicker. Be thicker. <laughs> yes. So that is not absent. That, I mean, that sort of problem is absent yeah. in Crazy Beautiful. They actually are very thoughtful with the accents. And then, of course, um, the openings, opening opening scene <laughs> has, like, these little cholillos, you know, with their bald head and hanging out with Jay Hernandez, who's, like, they tease because he's, like, the good kid. Mm-hmm. But very accurate the way they talk. Like, hey, Holmes. But, but like, it, it doesn't seem um, contrived. I don't know if that's the word. It doesn't seem... It just seems very natural. accurate yeah. and natural. Mm-hmm. And then and then these these um you know the white characters are very much like i maybe maybe because i grew up in orange county i very much saw people like this that you know they have every privilege in the world but yet they're you know ditching school or using drugs 
freaking Kristen Dunst needs to take a shower. And in every scene, she has greasy ass hair. <laughs> you would notice it, friend. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. But it's a beautiful, I just thought they did an excellent job. And if you all haven't seen it, I highly recommend revisiting Crazy Beautiful. I mean, it's not like freaking Shakespeare. Like the writing isn't phenomenal. You, it's, it's missing a little bit of character development. You're not really quite sure why Jay is all into Kristen Dunst. I mean, she, she has very provoc- provocative outfits and she's got a nice body, but... The woman, like, did not, they, they put no makeup on her and her hair looks really bad. And she doesn't really have any redeeming qualities. So they were kind of missing that. But um, it's a it's a really great kind of, you just don't really see such accurate and thoughtful portrayal, portrayal of this L.A. experience. And you don't ever see really this young man that's working really hard, even though that's the experience that many of us can relate to. So I got to give them both, you know, Belayde Matraca, because it's from the, you know, in yeah, the 2000s. Yeah, that was from a long time ago. So the fact that, you know, we had that yeah. is great. <laughs> yeah, it's great. It's great. So um, I have a funny question for you. What would you do if you had, if you had like the, all the money in the world and you could pitch a, a show? What would be the awesome Anna Shayla show? Like, what's missing? What are you? What would you like to see more of when it comes to Latinx representation? So, what I really would love to see is the L word, the reboot with all Latina characters. I love that. It's like a... because I feel like every queer person has watched this show, and because it's kind of like the only or queer female like has watched this show. And it's like the only show that we have. And at this point, it's so dated and so white-centered. And I think it would be awesome if we had some Latinx writers just write a show with Latina characters. I think it would be amazing. And Latina queer Latina, characters. Yeah, Latina queer characters. Oh, so to be specific, for those that don't know, yeah, I should clarify. <laughs> yeah. The L Word It was a show about a group of lesbians living in Los Angeles, in West Hollywood specifically. Yeah, and would your show take a little bit, a different take from what the original was? I mean, I think that it would just be, have more depth. To it. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. Yeah, because I, I, yeah, the L word was a little bit kind of vapid, and then the, as the seasons went on, the, the storylines got more and more crazy. So I just think that there's a lot of opportunity to, to revamp that show in a in a really cool way with the Latinx focus. I think that would be amazing, and people would be so into it. All right, Brenda. So how about you? Well, it's funny because I think I'm thinking of something uh, similar as well. So I know that Queer Eye is taking the world by storm a lot of people are watching this this new take on this show because now it's like a slightly more diverse set of men and they are remaking not just other straight men but in some cases women and others and mm-hmm. and it's a little more in depth because it's not just their fashion but it's talking about their personality it's it's kind of cool but i think there should be the the like queer eye for like queer eye women so what i'm envisioning is a team of diverse women Mm-hmm. all queer okay and they actually go and remake sort of like these characters like Kristen Dunst's character this Nicole character she like needs these, help like these blonde <laughs> yeah um, maybe, maybe they don't have to be blonde but these <laughs> folks that are not necessarily you know they don't even have to be forget that I said blonde just people that are not um, aware about race and issues of justice, like people that are just totally kind of in their shallow. Bubble. Yeah, yeah, they might seemingly be shallow. So these women would come in and they would like help help uh, these other women figure out how to dress sensibly. You know, wear comfortable shoes, give them some lectures on critical race theory, have them read bell hooks. You know, have them read Ansa- Ansaldua. You know, 
This is the show that I think needs to exist. Yeah. I would so I would so watch it. That would be so funny and fun and educational to watch. Yes, yes. You know, something else we asked we asked Dr. Uh, Anna Cristina. So fun. There's Anna Shayla and there's Anna Cristina. Let's keep our names. Something we asked her too is like, you know, what what would be some examples of shows that are doing it right? She said Vida, so woohoo Vida. Shout out to Vida. Which we're super excited to watch. But she also talked about another show that um, is uh, seemingly, it seems to be like it won't be renewed, which is One Day at a Time. So what are your thoughts on One Day at a Time? So it's sad because I didn't find out about it until it was canceled. And then I was just so sad because it was really, I kind of felt like it was both a throwback to old sitcoms that I used to love watching in the 90s, but also very progressive at the same time. And then on top of it had a Latinx focus that was very obviously, you know, mentioned specific Latinx experiences, but was also very universal at the same time. So I just thought it was very forward thinking and just and the, and hilarious to boot. Right. And you have um, Rita Moreno, who I think is like a star of the show. Right. I mean, everyone's great, but it, her presence on that show just like takes it to the next level. So I just think it's an excellent show. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think it got a lot of positive praise, similar to Vida in that it's got, um, you know, Latinx characters. It's got um, it, it tries to touch on different um issues impacting our community but again trying to do sort of that walk that fine line that you were describing earlier where it's not quite banging you over the head mm-hmm. with the issues and trying to trying to also strike a balance because they also kind of poke fun a little bit at like of the uh, overly woke um yeah. because uh, um, yeah yeah so it's a, it's a really it's a it's a really special show and it's too bad that um d- despite i guess whatever story we're told that there weren't a lot of viewers if it were if if we were just looking at the people that we follow and that our our peers they certainly were watching this show yeah and i mean i just think that there should have been a better job promoting it like i wish i knew about it because now i i wish there were more seasons to watch right yeah there's a lot to do well um fun stuff you know this is a a a, got a lot of stuff in this little tiny gem of an episode it's a short one y'all but i do want to make sure that we have a chance to throw a matraca and basura we don't really throw matracas we play the matraca Mm -hmm. um and throw people or places or things in la basura basura. so do you want to start anashila do you have sure so i'll start with a matraca okay and so getting personal here i just want to throw a matraca or throw yeah yeah, whatever. Throw, throw, spin, spin a matraca um, for my brother getting his PhD because talking about something that very few Latinx people do or representation, you know, very few Latinos go on to get masters and let alone a PhD. So yeah. just really kind of taking it in and just being so proud of that achievement for my brother and, you know, the, the man he's growing into. Oh, yeah, you know? that's awesome. How, how great. Congrats to him. What's his name? Jose, so Dr. Pepe, as we were Dr. As, Pepe. As we were joking around with him all week. <laughs> that is so cool. Yes. What does he want to do? Um, he's He wants to be a professor. Wow. So he would love to move back to Southern California because he's over Indiana. Surprise, surprise. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it's it's a it's a tough life, but I'm sure I'm sure he can he can do it. Yeah. What about yeah. something that goes in la basura for you? So I want to throw I don't know if you've heard about this yet, but the college board just added an adversity score to the SAT. Okay, tell me more about this. So basically, the score they would look at and the thing is, here's one of the the reasons it's going in the basura is like, they basically are going to determine the adversity score 
uh, for the school that you go to uh, in terms of like the the economics, or, like the the economic situation in the in that environment, and a, a few other things. But to come up with their own adversity score that they would then pass on to college admissions, interesting, and only to college admissions. And so the reason it's going in the basura for me is basically because. Well, one, so so I would say 5% matraca and 95% <laughs> okay, okay. And the reason I say 5% matraca is because the college board is recognizing that obviously this exam is faulty. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, not only does it have, you know, it's, it's received criticism about having racial bias, but we know that there is obviously... Uh, undeniable economic bias, right? Because it's like, who can pay the most to prepare for this exam? Right. 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 And so uh, when you have an exam that that's determined in, in that way, like you have an issue. And so what they've realized is, yes, we have an issue, but they've rather than, you know, getting rid of this exam, which is actually what I would propose, because I think that there are other measures that better show what, whether someone is going to do well in, in college and something like this, which we've realized is, is has issues with it. Right. They try to create their own adversity score. And, and how do how are they even d- determining that? Do you know what I mean? There's a lot of questions. So I have a lot of questions. <laughs> Fascinating. And, you know, I haven't been following this issue very closely, but I, you know, I saw a couple tweets and stuff. But one thing that somebody pointed out to me, which was news to me and should help us realize why we ought to definitely get rid of the SATs, is that it has roots in eugenics. Mm -hmm. And eugenics is that way back in the, I don't know, not even that long ago, this notion that genetically some people are inferior inferior than others and should actually not be procreating. <laughs> and that, mm. those are the roots of, of that exam. Yeah. We probably so, can spend a whole episode on that. Right. Next so week, I just feel like they're, they're, it's a broken test and they're trying to fix something that just actually should just be... Just get, just rid, get of rid of it. So you're saying they would get, they would, this um, 95% basura would turn into a matraca if they just got rid of it. Yeah. No yeah. more, no more SAT. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay. How about you, Brenda? Dang it, I have two basuras, two basuras. Um, one basura real quick. I know we want to celebrate Latinx representation and, you know, we need good stories. So one uh, movie that recently folks have been talking about is with Gina Rodriguez. Gina Rodriguez is the main character and it's um, called Someone Like Me or Someone Like You, Someone Special. I don't know. Or Somewhere like... somewhere, somewhere Great, no? Someone Great. <laughs> someone Great, maybe. We'll get it, we'll get it. I'll look it up right now. Yeah, someone great with starring Gina Rodriguez. First of all, yay, exciting to to, to portray this as a rom-com starring, starring a Latina because as we said earlier, we don't really get those roles, yeah. right? Matraca to that little, to that little, for to like, that little piece. For the Make trailer. sure you give it like a 5% too yeah, or no? Okay. <laughs> 5% matraca? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so that's cool. But the story is so horrible. It's it just it's just the worst story ever. I like I like wrestled through it. I think you said you tried to get through it. Yeah, so it. I got through forty five <laughs> minutes of it. After you know the 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 novelty of seeing that representation wore off, I got bored. So <laughs> yeah, the only redeeming quality about that movie is this song right here. And then I have 
another basura just because this episode's coming out while this is all fresh off everyone's palate. <laughs> People are trying to cleanse their palate from the disappointment that was Sunday's final Game of Thrones episode. Mm. Wah, 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 yeah, wah. it seems like I don't even watch it, Ugh. but I heard the backlash. Save yourself eight years, girl. Do not. Do <laughs> That's not. what I heard. I'm like, all right, well, that makes me feel better. Ugh, let me tell you, it just reminds me yet again why we should. I'm excited to watch Vida because there, there, there's a, a woman behind the scenes here. There's, it's, it's a Tanya Saracho is behind this mm-hmm. this project because I'm freaking sick and tired of men. They obviously destroy female characters. It is so obvious that a bunch of men decided to speed through this last season. They All the beautiful story, story arcs of elevating women in power in all of last season, that actually last couple seasons that got me excited for Game of Thrones, was all quickly obliterated by this last season. Every single strong woman character, just for the most part, either went crazy for their man, um... Either uh, didn't end up taking all the all you know all the throne that are probably rightly hers. Um, had super trained to have amazing powers to like become someone else and be like a ninja, and then didn't really use it. I mean, it is just oh, such a disappointment. So Game of Thrones basura. Basura. So that was our episode. Um, I want to remind you all that it's um, even though it's summer right around the corner. Ponte un sweater. Calmate, te calmo. Tamarindo Podcast is independently produced by Brenda Gonzalez and Ana Sheila Victorino with sound engineering by Jeff DeVoe. If you are a fan of the show, we hope you will rate and review Tamarindo on Apple Podcasts or share Tamarindo Podcast with a friend. We'd love to hear from you. Follow us on the gram at Tamarindo Podcast or on Twitter at TamarindoCast and find us at TamarindoPodcast.com. Cuando mi arrendador dijo que el alquiler podría ser más barato si fuéramos amigos con beneficios. Había oído hablar de acoso sexual en el lugar de trabajo, pero en mi casa. Eso es discriminación en la vivienda basada en el sexo. La gente de bienes raíces dijo que estaríamos más cómodos viviendo en un vecindario diferente con gente como nosotros. Por suerte conocíamos nuestros derechos. Es ilegal asustar a los posibles propietarios para que se alejen de ciertos vecindarios en función de raza o nacionalidad. Si usted cree que sufrió discriminación o tiene preguntas sobre sus derechos, comuníquese con Fair Housing Foundation, Fundación de Vivienda Justa, al 800-446-3247 o también en línea en fhfca.org. La vivienda justa es su derecho. Este es un anuncio de servicio público de Fair Housing Foundation y respaldado por el Departamento de Vivienda y Desarrollo Urbano HUD bajo la subvención de FIPPI FPEI 220099. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.